Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we're wrapping up our series called Dangerous Prayers. All throughout the Bible, we see ordinary people believe and ask God for huge requests. If you're ready to see God work in your life, praying safe won't cut it. It's time to pray boldly, pray daringly, to pray with fire. Thank you for spending time with us today, and we hope you enjoy the message from the series, Dangerous Prayers. Well, hey, church, uh, if I haven't met you personally or if you're new here, uh, my name is David Schumann. I'm the family pastor, and uh, we are going to be diving into our final week today of our series called Dangerous Prayers. And this uh, has been a a, a very fun and difficult series at the same time, and trying to revolutionize the way we've been praying. That maybe we've been praying, as the book in the series called by Craig Rochelle says, maybe we've been praying a little too safe. Maybe our faith has become a little too safe. Let me do a quick little recap for us. First week, we talked about this, this prayer of God, make me bold. What if we had the boldness that can come from an infinitely powerful God coming to us and send us out to make bold decisions and do bold things for him? Next week, we had uh, Pastor Nicole do a beautiful service on, on God, search me. God, get into my heart. Not that he needs our permission and not that he's going to be surprised by what he finds when he gets there. But God, search me and tell me, reveal to me what I need to know. God, tell me, what do I need to stop? What do I need to start? What do I need to fix? What, do I, what are addictions I have? God, reveal to me and let's deal with this. Third week was a week, oh man, I didn't like this week. Break me. Man, I don't know if, if you guys did not get an opportunity to get to see that service, go and see it. That, that was tough. God, break me. God, bring me down. Because we know, as we see in the book of James, that we can consider it pure joy when we get broken, when we have trials and tribulations, because in these moments, that's when we get perseverance, and that's when we can lean into God and know Him and understand Him. It makes it totally worth it. And last, last week we had, uh, send me. God, send me. Man, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar very much with the, the book of Jonah and how God says to Jonah, Jonah, I got a job for you. I'm going to send you to Nineveh. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. And Jonah goes, no, no way. And he goes, I'm not, I don't want to go. But what if, just what if God's leaning into each of us and he's saying, I want to send you somewhere. And this can be terrifying. If you're like me, you're like, God, I don't, don't send me. I don't want to go to the other side of the world. I got, I got stuff going on here. I got a family. This can't happen. But God's going, no, that does happen. God does send people around the world. But, but I, what I do know is that God also sends people daily in their communities daily into their neighbors' homes, daily into the, the grocery stores. And how are we going to go and impact, uh, impact this community? Now, church, I want to warn you, as we're going into this fifth prayer, this fifth dangerous prayer, you're not going to like this prayer either. This is not a prayer that you will normally hear around the dinner table or while tucking your kids into bed. It doesn't match the normal safe prayers that many of us pray. It's not consistent with the God make my life easy version of Americanized Christianity. I like easy prayers though, don't you? And it's okay to pray them. I like safe prayers. God keep me safe. 
God, help me have a nice and easy day. Because truth is, honestly, I don't, I don't want to be inconvenienced. Can you guys relate to that? You, you, we don't want to go in our day starting at going, God, inconvenience me today. Because, God, I don't want to face challenges. And if you really do love me, give me a hassle-free day with great food, green lights, nice people, and no pimples. But this prayer, church, this prayer is a dangerous prayer. And I do believe that if you sincerely pray it, God will answer it every time. Isn't that what we want? What if you had a guarantee, I'm going to pray a prayer and God's going to answer it every time. Wouldn't that be wild? And if you pray it, you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to be angry. You're going to be uncomfortable. You'll lose sleep. Find some tasks hard to focus on. In fact, life will probably be a lot harder, not easier. Because following Jesus was never really meant to be safe. Church, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. The prayer is this, break my heart. This is similar to the, the theme of break me, but it's going to be a little bit different, and you'll see as we unfold this. But God, break my heart. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Crush it. Strip me of comfort, ease, and spiritual apathy. I want to warn you, when you pray this dangerous prayer, God's going to answer it. And you'll find yourself burdened and grieved and your heart aching over something that burdens the very heart of God. If you pray this prayer, you're probably going to lose some sleep. Your heart might start to burn with a righteous anger. You might find yourself doing some things that other people don't even understand. And when you do, you might face spiritual resistance or opposition or criticism or maybe even persecution. And in all your pain and discomfort and agony, you can still find joy. Because church, lean in. When you, I think when you will be blessed as your heart breaks over something that also breaks the heart of God. It's a dangerous prayer. Break my heart, oh God. Today we're going to look at a story uh, of this prophet in the Old Testament. The Bible is, is uh, it's kind of split down the middle into two sections. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. Old Testament is from the beginning, creation, all the way up until Jesus showed up, where the New Testament starts. And in this Old Testament, there's this guy named Jeremiah. He's a prophet, and uh, Jeremiah has a, a kind of an unfortunate nickname. His nickname is the Weeping Prophet. I don't know about you, but that's not necessarily a nickname I want. Don't call me the weeping pastor, or you don't want to be the weeping engineer, or the weeping teacher, or the weeping student, or the weeping car salesman. Like, nobody, nobody wants to be known as, oh that, that one, oh, that one weeps a lot. But he's the weeping prophet. And the, the, the reason why is because he was so broken and his heart was constantly in a place of breaking over the plight of the people as God's heart broke for them as well. To give you some context, this, this, uh, the, this time period of the, the nation of Judah, the nation of Israel, uh, they were rebelling against God. 
The leaders were abusing widows and they were taking advantage of the poor. They would even sacrifice babies to a false god. And God's heart was wrecked because of it. Wrecked. And Jeremiah was right there, broken by what broke God's heart. Chapter 8 in the book of Jeremiah, this is what Jeremiah says. My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and I'm overcome with grief. Now, some of you may have experienced a grief like this before. Just say, man, I feel so beyond healing. I'm so broken. I'm brokenhearted. But catch this, Jeremiah isn't in just a state of depression where he's having some struggles. And that's a very real thing. Some of you may have dealt with depression and maybe you're currently dealing with it. And that's very real and significant and you feel trapped that there's no way out. You're so trapped that you don't even know if you can, can get out yourself and you don't even desire necessarily. You're just lost. But Jeremiah wasn't in a depression over himself. He was in a depression. He was in a serious agony over what was happening with the people. His heart was broken so significantly for them because he was so close to the heart of God that his heart was broken. I mourn and am overcome with grief. So what did Jeremiah do? Man, the guy preached. He preached some fiery sermons. Go back and look up some of the messages he gave to these people. Man, he was, he was on fire going at them. Like, come on, let's go, people. But he didn't just do that. He prayed diligently. He fasted. But it took time. And he was left broken because nothing immediately changed. Man, doesn't that sound awesome? Are you with me? You're like, man, some good news this morning, Pastor. How about I want some little pep in my step. I came to church to get encouraged. I don't want to have this downer. But man, what if the closer we get to God, we'll be blessed over our heartbreak? Because our heart is breaking by what breaks his heart. I know I don't want to have a day like Jeremiah I want, I want great, great days, no problems, great traffic, no one mad at me. Church, this is a dangerous prayer. Now I want to clarify. This isn't just a, a prayer that's an occasional, God, get me to do something on an occasional, God, I feel a little something tugging my heart. When I see a, a homeless person, God, I'll, I'll go give them my, my loose change sometimes. Or God, I saw this commercial and it wrecked my heart for these puppies. I need, I need to adopt some puppies. These, man, these are great, great things. Go get that dog. Go give money to the homeless. But this is, this is a serious breaking. Something that wrecks you in such a deep level. It consumes your thoughts. It eats at you that you cannot sit still until the problem is gone. And it doesn't go away. Man, this is the opposite of a lot of my prayers. To a God that honestly I feel like exists for me. Do you feel this way? God, you exist for me. You're here to make my life better, to take away my pain and suffering. To help me get my promotions and ace my tests. Oh God, I want blessings. 
I want more, Lord. Keep me successful and that everything I touch turn to gold. But, church, lean in. What if God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings? What if the greatest blessing is on the other side of the greatest breaking? Like, what if your heart gets so in tune with the heart of God, you feel a totally different kind of blessing because you understand your creator on a whole other level, not because you have more money and more time to spend the money, but you understand your maker. I don't know about you, but I like comfort. Like, I, I really like comfort. My wife and I, we like to go, uh, uh, just the two of us will go on a trip uh, every year, uh, leave our kids, and we're just, just a couple days, and we like to go to bed and breakfast. The reason why we have chosen bed and breakfast over a normal hotel is because I like the fact uh, uh, knowing that somebody named Brenda is going to show up at my door in the evening with fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. I like you, Brenda. And I like to know that this bed I'm going to sleep in is the most luxurious thing I will ever like sleep in in my life. It is fantastic. These blankets, these, I love the comfort of these rooms. And then when I wake up in the morning, when we wake up, we go down to a breakfast and man, this breakfast is not some pancakes that have been sitting out for an hour and some continental breakfast. This is like a fresh made just for you breakfast that looks like it came out of a magazine or out of some TV show. Come on, everybody. I know you're with me, your mouth is water. Man, I love, and Brenda, maybe if I ask nicely, you'll come and you'll sing us a lullaby tonight as we go to bed. I, I love comfort, but my, my wife and I, we learned a little bit how much we love comfort because just the last few days, we got stripped of all of our comfort. We went camping, and some of you are like, oh, no, 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 like, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going camping. I... You get it. You like your comfort and your luxuries too. And, but while we're, we're camping, uh, I don't know how much it rains here, but 99% of our time in uh, Port Huron was spent in the rain. And, and mind you, we have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and we're trying to entertain them and trying to figure out what to do. And it rains so much. At one point, one of, one of our kids looks at it and goes, why is it raining? And my wife looked at him and goes, because we're camping. It's like this... This is just what's going to happen. And I remember we just uh, just craving some of our normal comforts. We we're like, man, wasn't life great with no bugs? Man, wasn't it great when our kids weren't dirty after giving them a shower two minutes later? She told me she was giving one of them a shower and he like immediately gets out of the shower and just falls right onto the ground and gets up. She's like, are you kidding me? And then this happened three times right after the shower. And she's like, come on. But we miss air conditioning, we miss delivery pizza, we miss cell phones with cell service. I mean, I had, we had days of no, no idea what was happening in the world. We wanted to check the weather for that day, and we're like, well, it's going to rain, we didn't have to look far, but we had nothing. <laughs> but let me say this, church, comfort has never once moved me to action, when I'm in my comfy pants at home and slippers and I'm on the couch, there's never once that I had the thought, let's go change the world. Come on. No, but discomfort has done that to me. When I'm uncomfortable, it causes me to get up and change something. When our hearts are broken, it causes us to do something about it. That's why it's a dangerous prayer. 
I was at a conference uh, a while back, a few years ago, and at this conference, uh, I was very excited to go and learn, be developed as a pastor, and uh, I ended up spending the majority of the time actually uh, in Nashville hanging out with the homeless. I didn't know why. I didn't know why. Like, there's, there was just, like, beating in my heart. My heart was beating out of my chest where God was like, David, you will get out of here. And I, like, I couldn't take it. I was like, oh, okay, yes, Lord. And I walked out. And uh, there's some terrifying experiences of, of whether a gun being pulled or having some hungry pit bulls uh, come up to me. But I know that during this time, my heart was broken. Broken. And I remember coming back home and weeping and just going, God, what is happening? There's these people, they have so little, and yet they were, they were so generous to me. And I was so uncomfortable with my experiences. I came home and I got rid of most of my possessions. And I told my wife and I said, hey, or my soon-to-be wife, I said, when, when we get married, I want this to be our lifestyle. I want to live a simple lifestyle and we're going to, the more God blesses us financially, the more that we get, I want to I wanna just keep giving that out. I'm not saying this because I'm awesome, because honestly, it's, it's been tough. That hasn't always been our, our case. But, man, I felt so broken, and it caused me to do something radical. So what is it? What is it for you? I know I don't like pain. I have a high pain tolerance, but I don't go seeking pain out. But can't pain be purposeful pain? Like if we know that if you go to the gym, back when gyms were a thing, and you're, you're lifting weights, it's painful. There's, it's, it's tiring. It's not really enjoyable of an experience. If it were, we'd all be completely ripped. But instead, it's, it's tough, and it's the tearing of our muscle. And that tearing of the muscle makes the muscle larger. But can it be the same way for our heart? The more and more practice that we get in asking God to break our heart, the bigger our hearts will grow, and the more boldness that we'll have. We see this in Scripture. A few people, man, I love, I love these, 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 these characters we have. First, we got Moses. Man, Moses was a child growing up in enemy territory, right? Moses was, was witnessing from his childhood on his very own people be persecuted, beaten, killed on a daily basis. And eventually his heart was so broken that he did something rash and he murdered somebody and, and then he fled, and years and years and years go by, and God comes up to Moses and he says, Moses, your heart's still broken? Moses, you want to do something about it the right way? And Moses has got like this, whoa, 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 I don't know about this. But because his heart was so broken, because of what, how his heart was in tune with his maker and how his heart was also broken for the people, Moses gets up and goes to the most powerful man in the world and says, you let my people go. Because of that boldness, because of his heart being broken. Broken hearts are, can be a good thing. Think of David. Little shepherd boy David. Battles going on, a war between them and their enemies, the Philistines. And one, uh, one day his, his father comes up to him and he goes, Hey, David, uh, I want you to bring some snacky snacks up to the men on, in battle. 
You're going to bring up some food to them, and you're not, you don't get to participate. No, you're just this little shepherd boy. But I want you to go. And, and David goes, and he gets up there, and what does he see? There's this massive man, this incredible warrior, just taunting the people of God, making fun of their God, making fun of them. And David's sitting there going, what is he doing? And he stands up because his heart is broken by God getting mocked, by the people of God getting mocked. And this little shepherd boy looks that giant in the eye and he says, you better cut it out. And this giant looks at him and goes, oh, who do you think you are? He's, he's insulted by this little kid coming up to him. And David, his heart so broken, he says, you might think you're too big, too massive to be beaten. Well, I say you're too big to miss. Somebody go get me my slingshot. And he takes him down. Another one, look up the story of Nehemiah. He had a comfortable job and and the, and the kingdom and his heart got broken and he left all of his comfort to go and help his people. Church, what's breaking your heart? Maybe something already is. But is it as broken as God's? Where God says, I would leave the 99 to go for the one lost sheep. I would leave my entire congregation of church people to go after that one person out there on the corner that is not there yet. I would leave everything. And would you leave your 99 comforts? Would I leave? Would we leave our 99 comforts to pursue the making right of one injustice? If you can't honestly say that your heart is truly breaking for anything to the point of lost sleep, living room pacing, or so much angst, and the only option is for you to do something, maybe it's time that we start praying this prayer. And don't be surprised when it becomes dangerous. Maybe one of the greatest flattering titles would be the weeping servant. I was on a trip years ago with uh, some, some teenagers. We went to this camp. And uh, before we went to this camp, excuse me. Before we went to this camp, I was, uh, I was talking with these parents. And they came up to me and they said, hey, do you think our son should go uh, on this camp trip? And I, I was like, absolutely, he should go. And they looked at me like, really? And uh, I'm like, yes, your son should go on this trip. I believe in this trip. Let's get these kids to Jesus. And they go, do, do you know our son? And I looked at them, and, and for the sake of the message, I'm going to call him Jake. I go, yeah, I know Jake. Man, I love Jake. Jake's awesome. He's wild and crazy. But man, let's get him on this trip. And the mom immediately starts breaking down, crying. And she says, our, our last church that we had went to, uh, our, Jake was three years old the first time he got kicked out of church. He was kicked out of church and the, the, the church told him, the family, you're not allowed to come back for a few weeks because your three-year-old son needs to learn that church, church is a, a privilege, not a right. She goes, I didn't, I didn't know enough about the Bible or to know what, what the truth of this was, but I just didn't feel right about it. And so she's, she's crying, I'm going, you're welcoming my son. I'm like, of course, let's, let's get him to Jesus. 
So we get on this trip, and, and the, from within the first hour, there's battles already. There's full-fledged yelling arguments with him and other kids on the bus, and I'm trying to kind of diffuse it. And we brought somebody just to kind of hang out with him a little bit and just to keep an eye on him, not like a, a special buddy, but just, just keep, keep an eye on him, kind of leave your own comforts of your friendship groups and, you know, just keep an eye out for Jake. And by the time we got to the camp in uh, upstate New York, uh, the, he looked at me, this, this, this guy that we brought, he looked at me and he goes, there's no way I can last with Jake. There's no way. We just got there. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to last. I'm not going to make it. I'm like, you got this, bud. And um, we go to our first session, which was soon after the, the, we got to the, the camp. And our, the first session, incredible worship is going on. And then all of a sudden, as I'm uh, kind of just spending this moment, just thanking God, we're here everybody's safe, we haven't lost anybody yet, God, this is beautiful, and I'm just, just having a great moment, and then all of a sudden I feel a tap on the shoulder. And one of the, the camp staff comes up to me, and she said, hey, uh, you're part of the green team? And I'm like, yeah, and she goes, uh, well, there's somebody on the green team who just booked it out of here, and I don't know if that's yours. I'm like, oh, that's mine, I know who it is. And I get out of the building, and I, I run, and as I see way on the other end, like this far, far, far uh, kind of piece of land, there's, there's Jake just running with everything he has. And it took all of me. Jake, stop! And he does. In the name of Jesus, stop! And, and it, it worked. And I'm like, up to him, and I'm, what's going on, buddy? And he's just, he's angry. Man, he's, he's hurting. He's in pain. He's suffering. And he's just, he's just ranting about everything. That's going around, all the pain and hurts and people here, people at home, everybody in the world, there's everything was wrong. And I talked to him for a while and I listened to him and I loved him and eventually I persuaded him, let's go finish out the service. And we get in there and he, he goes and he, uh, he, he walks immediately into the, halfway into the auditorium, goes into a row, sits down and puts his head down with his hands over his ears. And at this point, worship was happening and it was loud. And I stood in the aisle way, and I just was going, you're not getting around, you're not getting around me. There's no way. And as I'm standing there, I'm just like, God, I need, I need help. And I prayed this dangerous prayer. I said, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, open my eyes. Let, let me see Jake the way you see Jake. And gosh, God granted it to me, and I... I stood there in that aisle and I felt with every fiber of my being bursting out of my skin, this intense love for Jake. Like I couldn't contain it. I'm sobbing in the aisle of how much I adore and I love this kid. Man, I love my wife. I've never experienced a love like this, like God felt for Jake. I love my kids. I've never experienced a love like I've experienced for Jake, just God's crazy love for him. Soon after that, I all of a sudden just felt this breaking in my heart, this breaking of how God was so desperate to connect with him, so desperate, was coming after him every single day, but every single day he woke up and Jake was just miserable and in pain and suffering and against the world. And my heart's just breaking that this moment that's supposed to be this beautiful moment of, of him connecting with his maker is spent with his, head, with his head down and his ears covered. And my heart was so broken. 
I wept even harder. After just a couple minutes of this, it shut off. God tells me, he goes, that's, that's all you can handle. I'm like, you're absolutely almost ugly, ugly crying. But for the rest of the trip, man, I did whatever I could to go after him. Even if I couldn't be with him, man, I was sending people, you go make sure by the end of this trip, guys, Jake was a worshiper of Jesus with his hands up, not because of what I did. I didn't do anything. God desperately went after him and he broke my heart because I asked him to and Jake got to experience the love of Jesus that trip. What's God gonna do in your life? Maybe it's for children who have daily struggles with bullies. Maybe it's for those who don't have clean drinking water. Maybe it's to stand up for the unborn or against racial discrimination. Maybe teenagers battling depression who are cutting themselves and struggling with, with thoughts of suicide. Maybe foster kids who don't have a parent that loves them. Or marriages that are struggling and are on the verge of divorce or those who are battling addictions and are crippled by these addictions. Let's pray these prayers of God. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Now, somebody say that God wants the best for us, and I do believe this, to never feel pain or suffering. And there is some truth to that. God doesn't delight in brokenness for the sake of brokenness unless that brokenness can draw us closer to him and we are stronger from it and radically changing this world. And if our goal is to become like him, he's brokenhearted. Church, it's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. And then after you feel this pain, hear me church, I want you to believe this. When you feel this pain, you're gonna feel joy on top of it. You're gonna feel an incredible joy. It says the fruit of the spirit. One of them is this joy and it's so much bigger than happiness. We like to be happy, but that's, that's a little baby prayer to go, God, make me happy. God, give me joy that even in the breaking of my heart, I can walk around with my head high and pumped to be your follower. God, let's change the world today. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. Paul was like this. We see this Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, this ultimate religious man, Man, he followed every law. He knew everything there was to know about being a follower of God. If there was a rule, he followed it, he knew it, and he made sure everybody else knew how awesome he was at it. But once Paul knew Jesus, when he came to Christ, he said he considered, he considered all that loss. He took all the religion, all the stuff that he was really good at, going to church, memorizing the scriptures, uh, doing his devotions and making sure he did all the right things and he followed the 10 commandments and he did all these things perfectly. Like, and, then, and then he goes, once I got to understand the heart of Jesus and I got closer to him, I, I consider all that loss. A more accurate uh, Greek interpretation of, of this word loss would be dung, poop. Paul goes, I consider all that crap compared to understanding and following Jesus, the revolutionary love of God. Check out how much he cared. 
Romans chapter 9. He says this, With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. Can you imagine saying that somewhere where you are? Man, I'm going to say something and it's going to be so true that God will back me up on it. God, God has my back and he knows that this is true. Now, he goes, verse 2, My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people. My Jewish brothers and sisters, check this. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Can you imagine that? What a dangerous prayer to be so broken for others that you would give up everything so that they would know God. Who do you know that doesn't yet know their maker? Who's in your neighborhood? Who's at your work? Who's in your school? Who's in your family? Let's be broken for them. I have a lot to be thankful for. I really do. I have a great wife. I love my, we got great kids, man. I love this church. And I love City Light Church. Church, you online people, man, we love you guys. We miss you. We can't wait to be singing and praising Jesus together. I got a loving community around me. But I know when I pray this prayer, it hurts. It hurts a lot. You'll feel pain. You're going to lay asleep at night in pain for other people. I'm so thankful I am when I, when I get to experience this. My heart is broken for the lost, the misplaced, the hurting. I want to do something. I don't want to be viewed as so many people outside of the church view people inside the church as hypocrites. I want to be a hypocrite. And in the times I feel most comfortable and happy, different than joy, I need to remind myself to pray this prayer. And church, I don't, I'm not coming to you today to say, hey, look at this pastor who's getting up here and saying, hey, look at something awesome that I've been doing for years. You guys just should follow my awesome example and you'd be lucky to be like me. No, I'm actually coming to you as a confession. I've, I've prayed this prayer a couple times, but this has not been a regular rhythm of my life. But I'm telling you, I, I desperately want it to be. A lot of days I wake up completely concerned about myself. Only just thinking about what I want. And that's, that's normal. But I want to wake up and go, God, break my heart today. Break my heart and then let's go. Man, let's do something. Let's change the world. Let's be broken by God whose heart was so broken for you that he did everything including a painful death for you. It's a dangerous prayer. And I don't want you, church, to leave here today as we're wrapping up. I don't want you to get out of here and be like, wow, that was, that was a downer. I wish I didn't go to church today because I'm going to be sad and upset and, and broken and have a whole lot of terrible days coming up. And having these great prayers of God, I want, I want to be happy. God, let's, let's have a great day today. There's nothing wrong with that. But what if we spend some time really sitting back and going, God, break my heart. Break my heart for what breaks yours. 
God, open my eyes to see people the way you see people. And I'm telling you, the joy is going to flow out of you like none other before. You're going to be broken. But when you see other people get to raise their hands and worship Jesus, that joy on that day is going to be so contagious. Everything would have been working. Every broken hearted moment, every time you spent sleepless nights, every time you cried in your car, every time you were pacing your living room, just trying to do something, it'll be completely worth it. It's a dangerous prayer. It'll be hard, but it'll be so, so good.